3: A high fly deep down the left field line. Garver got it all. And the Twins retake the lead 2-1. A high fly deep down the line. Fair or foul? Fair. 1-0, one nothing Twins. Kepler drives it to right field, going back as Cameron, looking up, that ball's gone! Kepler ties the game with home run, number 101. To left field, short left field, down for a hit, Rosario will come around and score, and the Twins walk
2: when oh, they inch just a little closer to the White Sox, a half game back, although I believe they don't they have to beat the White Sox outright in the division yes. because the White Sox are the tiebreaker. But yes. so they're, they're basically still a game and a half back. But uh, we will break a Twins game down like it is football. And it is a write that down Wednesday on the Mackie and Judd show. But a quick shout out to Federated. Federated has been helping us here stay afloat. Uh, not necessarily like I mean, we don't need as much insurance here uh, except for some of our bad takes. Uh, but they help us in terms of the partnership, and they help business owners going back to 1904. And it is their mission, and it is their, uh, I guess it is just their long-standing tradition to help serve and protect your business. When you need Federated, they are here to help face-to-face, socially distanced, of course. And remember, it, Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours.
4: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chad on Score North and scorenorth.com.
1: I mean, I think we got him for the bubble, so we're going to be living comfortable, um, lounging a lot, so that's why, hence this nice road. Um, But yeah, Cruises tonight was bringing all the hits in.
2: Yes, we've got we've got the news. We've had them in the past. We, yeah, what have we had? What's all the gimmicks the Twins have had the last twenty years? them was the big one. Yeah, Smellem well, was the best. It, it feels like dance if it, party. We had the dance party. It feels it like
1: ev- every successful team ha- has an identity, right? And I think it's pretty clear that the 2019 one was simply the Bombas the, the bomba Squad. Yep, Th- that was it. And so this year, there's not as many Bombas. The pitching's pretty good, but I don't know that there's, like, a pitching identity thing here. I mean, you know, Kenta uh, Maeda's been good, but I don't know that that's... Uh, having three aces. Amazing. Well, that does help a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like this is it now. The robes,
2: man. Are we the call, robes. So are we calling it... So I coined it the Bomba Robe last night. I don't know if that's going to take off. No, We'll I, see. Mm, the ro- Bomba Robe. I don't like it. Robe Rage.
1: Robe Rage. Robe Rage? We, we have hit Robe Rage. More, more it, fits, it fits the description. I, mm. I looked... Now the first description of rage is anger. That doesn't fit, but something can be all the rage. This is robe rage. It's gonna take. It's gonna go through oh. the
2: clubhouse. The fans are gonna love it. Sounds like uh, I don't know. It sounds like some sort of a, like an ailment. Like if you have like robe rage, it sounds like sounds like you should see a doctor. No, it's the it's the rage. It's the rage of the Twins clubhouse. Are you trying to like tie it in with like Nelson Cruz had a PED suspension? No, I was not oh, thinking. Really that. No, 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 yeah. I was
1: not saying that. But I, I guess so. The backstory is when Donaldson played for the Blue Jays, David Price did the same thing and bought them all robes. Now, where the stakes got up last night was actually Nelson Cruz wearing his into the dugout and then <laughs> awarding it to guys. who who hit home runs and when Kepler got the walk off bringing it out on the field. So this is the next step was to take the robes from being the luxury in the bubble clubhouse thing now to being in the dugout.
2: I love it. Which I like. It's a great idea. It's not quite what the Braves did every time Josh Donaldson hit a home run last year which is he, so he'd come into the dugout and they would hand him an umbrella and then they would shower him with uh, like gum and different things. I like the that clubhouse. too. That's, That's great. great. I saw a couple people on Twitter referring to it as the rally robe. Some good alliteration there. Some rally yeah, The problem,
1: problem there, though, is is that that would imply that they're rallying all the time when yeah. they wear the robe, and they're not going to be. This robe is going to be awarded whenever the bomba
2: happens. Right. I I would add one thing, and I I wouldn't expect a lot of these younger baseball players to have grown up appreciating. The lifestyle of Ric Flair, one of the great professional wrestlers of all time. Mm-hmm. But if I could add one thing to the celebration, so like Max Kepler, Buxton, they come into the dugout, they, they hit a big home run, and and Nelson Cruz or whoever puts the robe around their shoulders, and then they just go down the line and they high five everybody. I think there needs to be another step here. I think you need to do the Ric Flair strut, Woo! the kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing. I think you Donaldson need to, would. I, but I don't like Donaldson's. I actually think Donaldson's from Ric Flair country. I he think might he's do that. from like ACC country. Isn't you do he do that. So like, put the robe yeah. on and then do the Ric Flair strut, <laughs> uh-huh. up and down the dugout. Maybe give a little slick back of the hair, a little woo, and that would bring it closer. <laughs> you know who could
1: do that? Because. He's got the perfect hair for it, Kepler.
2: Kepler could. He's Kepler's got, got
1: that. Kepler's got that flow going, man. He could do that Ric Flair move really, really easily. Yeah.
2: So let's let's break a Twins game down like it's football, football. here. Yeah.
1: Quick question first: Do
4: you guys ever wear robes?
2: No, all the time.
4: Anti robe. What? Hate, hate, hate wearing a robe. Why? Can't stand it. I oh, am, you, you hate comfort? I don't you I hate, like you hate feeling snugged? I like little <laughs> as close as possible. <laughs> what? What? Year round. I'm dead serious. <laughs> that got really uncomfortable. Just just boxers. You're just walking around in tube socks and Wait, don't you put like gym shorts on? Sometimes. Only some if I know like I have to leave my apartment. Wait. So if you're in your apartment
2: and you're hanging out alone, do mm-hmm. you have a roommate or anything? Nope, live alone. So you live alone. Forever alone. You're just wearing boxers and no shirt all the time. <laughs>
4: What is wrong time. with people? All the time, dude. That's weird. Wait, it's not weird. I'm by myself. Why is that weird? But you have no wait. You have
1: no shirt on, and, and just bought. You don't like put gym shorts on. It's only
4: sometimes I put gym shorts on. Usually it's just undies. Yeah. So
2: you're not wearing a shirt either.
4: No. I just I'm think not. it's.
2: I, you do you, you, think? You,
4: don't, you don't get cold or anything. No. I, despite my very frail frame, I run very hot. I don't.
2: I'm sorry. Okay, so when you're on Sundays, when we're doing Vikings Vent line from, okay. from our yeah. own homes and yeah. you're setting up Vikings Vent line, yeah. you're not putting a shirt on until basically like we go into our production studio. Yes. That is correct. Did you have did you have um shorts or pants besides your boxers on? I did
4: have shorts on Vent line? I okay, had good. shorts on, yeah. I had shorts on
1: There's something very disturbing about the fact if
4: we were doing vet line with you and boxers. I do think possibly possibly with a slippage. If memory serves right, when I was quarantined at home a couple weeks ago, there may have been a show where I had no pants on. Hmm. Just 100%. You didn't have to see anything. You only see the goods right up here. I wouldn't call those goods. They wouldn't.
1: You know, this uh, started as a very simple question. Do you wear a robe? And it somehow <laughs> turned into Declan being a nudist. I am a man of,
2: of robe lifestyle, anyway. just so you know.
1: I used to be, I'm not now, but I would wear those robes.
2: Those robes uh, that Donaldson bought, comfortable. which run... How much do you guys think? A piece. Oh, I mean, the, the custom print on the back. I mean, those are probably $500 robes. 500 bucks. Those are probably $500 robes. Silk or what?
3: Uh, look
4: like it material. looked like a cotton blend to me. Yeah.
2: Okay. i trust you on this.
4: Yeah, it looked like there was some... Actually, I wouldn't know.
2: I don't know if there's like a silk cotton. There's a little little polyester in there just to
1: the know, twins, prevent
2: the, sh- the shrinkage.
1: The twins would be very smart when, when uh, fans return and can go shopping at Target Field to jump on that bandwagon.
2: I agree. Yeah. <gasps> actually, these would be great Christmas gifts because a lot of people are looking to wear robes around Christmas time, except for Declan, who's I, just naked, apparently. I just, I'm so, round. I thought Brendel was weird. Yeah. What's, I mean, what's weird? Shirtless. All right.
1: But
4: I'm not like documenting on social media that, hey guys, look what I'm wearing today. I the No, you I, just, I, just I, like, volunteered up comfort. on the podcast. I mean, I'm yeah, but that's fine. Like, I'm not giving you the visual. Well, you right. just, I, I got it.
1: I'm not like actually, well, I'm not actually <laughs> naked. No, I've got the visual. <laughs>
2: I did give you the visual. Anyhow, I have a question for you guys. About, Skinny about, guy in boxers. About basically. the last few games. Football. Here. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Another home run for Byron Buxton last night. And he hit, he hit what should have been a, a, an RBI single in his last at-bat. Great play by the third baseman. A diving stop there. Mm-hmm. Do you hit Byron Buxton leadoff in the playoffs next week? At the rate he's going, absolutely, yes.
1: He's playing great. He, I mean, that game last night boy that is probably one of the most just oh, how can i say this routine complete games that i've seen him play like th- this to me is the dream complete with him not crashing into the fence well phil <laughs> phil he made he made a catch in each gap so two catches last night that he made look so routine you never considered the fact that I would guess on 85% of center fielders in the game today, mm-hmm. they're both at least doubles. Mm-hmm.
2: He just glided over and made. The, the- That's the most underrated thing about him and underappreciated because he makes an easy catch in the gap. And it's like, oh, yeah, I was. I thought that ball was maybe going to be a double. I guess Buxton was shaded that direction. It's like no, he ran fifty yards. Yeah, I know, on a full sprint. It's incredible. And if anybody else for this team, including J.K., were playing center field, that's a triple.
1: Well, and and Cave is going to dive, and so it's a triple for sure. If it's not inside a the inside, inside the park home run, yeah. Yes, I do.
2: Yeah, I do too. He and he, so he's not the biggest. It's a little bit. I think. I think it's it, it goes against the grain of like typical analytical strategy in that you want someone at the top of the order. Who gets on base at a higher clip more than you want someone who's fast? Mm-hmm. And for a long time, for a hundred plus years in baseball, it was you put your fastest guy in the leadoff spot because if that guy gets on base, he can wreak havoc. Mm-hmm. But the if that guy gets on base part is the most important thing that people finally figured out in like the early two thousands, like Moneyball, the Boston Red Sox, the Oakland A's. No, let's 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 now if we can find a guy like Johnny Damon who gets on base at a high clip and he's fast. Perfect, or Ricky Henderson for all those years, even before analytics were a big part of baseball. Mm-hmm. But in this case, even though he has like a two eighty five on base percentage right now, I think you have to factor in two things that that if he gets on base, like his, he's historically great at moving from station to station. I mean, he is like Ricky Henderson. Like, pick the fastest, best base runners Vince Coleman that you've ever seen in your life watching baseball. When he gets on base. He can do the most damage and is the most likely to score first to home or second to, you know, on a on an infield single up the middle. Like, he can score from second base. He's a nightmare. Getting him on base is a, is a nightmare. I'll use that word that you just used for opposing teams. Yeah. And on the on-base front, he's getting on base at a much higher clip lately because he's just so hot. So he's never going to be a guy that draws, like, four walks in a series. But... I'm good with putting him lead off because if he's hot, he's going to do a lot of damage with guys like Josh Donaldson and Nelson Cruz batting behind him.
1: The, the game that Buxton had on Tuesday night is a game that if he could repeat on any sort of consistent basis, and it's not a game where I don't think you, you say, oh, my God, but you do say that's incredibly solid. If he repeated that game throughout the 2021 season – that's an MVP type of year. It is. Like, that is an MVP. That's a guy who saves your bacon defensively, hits a home run. Um, I mean, he doesn't do things where where you say, oh, man, four for four. But he does so many things so well. And, that, and this is why, com- comes back to why, I'm so enamored by him.
2: Yep. I mean, think about when you watch some of these mobile quarterbacks. Like, you watch Kyler Murray in the first two games this year, or Lamar Jackson, what he's done the first year and a half as a starter. And if you watch those games – now, if you're a Vikings fan and you're watching Kirk and then you flip over to an Arizona Cardinals game for, like, a quarter, it's jarring how often, like, on third and six, Kyler Murray looks, looks, up, oh, runs for eight yards, standard first down. Like, it's just part of their – it's what he can do. Or Lamar Jackson, like, oh, first read's not there. Okay, I'm just going to run 15 yards for this first down. Like, easy peasy. It, it, it wasn't like, you know – Michael Vick juke button nine times. It was just a standard fifteen yard run by a guy who can do it. But then when, when you watch the Vikings and and Kirk Cousins gets in that same situation, he can't do those things. You know, I think we've become accustomed to watching Buxton catch some of these balls in the alleys because we watch him on a nightly basis, and it's like, oh yeah, Buxton's going to catch that. Yes. Um. And Agreed. then and then you look at some of these other teams, and even like Aaron Hicks is a good defensive center fielder. Remember that ball he dove and caught to end uh, the game in that like 14 to 13 Buxton, game? Buxton does not die for that. No, that was a great catch. Yes. And Aaron Hicks made all the highlights for the rest of the season, in part because he's not as fast as Byron Buxton. Buxton doesn't dive. He just catches no. that on the fly, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a, I think it's kind of a no-brainer at this point to just put him at the top, hope that he's still hot against the Yankees, and and watch them have to deal with that variable. All right, what else stood out to you? Oh, oh I want to yeah. I want to talk about your guy. 3 innings of Colfaxian like <laughs> perfection. Dude. Let's talk
1: Let's talk about your guy, God. Homer Bailey. Dude, he's ridiculous. Homer Bailey got that start and I I think by the end you you were thinking Game 1 Wild Card round, Game 1 ALDS, Game 1 and 7 AL CS and World Series, you probably go one four seven.
2: A very Madison Bumgarner two thousand four, what was it two thousand fourteen esque performance in the playoffs lined up for him. Yeah, he ran out of gas a little bit there in the fourth inning or whatever it was. But I'll tell you, in those first three innings, and I texted you guys this sort of tongue in cheek: if it was between like the last spot on your on your roster and you have to pick a pitcher, is it him or Randy Dobnak? I think it's a discussion because I think Homer Bailey's going to miss more bats. He's not he's not gonna he's not gonna be Sandy Koufax. But like I think if it's a discussion, the last spot on your roster, it's gotta be a long guy that you might have to use in the playoffs. I would consider putting Homer Bailey in there, just based on what we saw in the first two or three innings. Like you can you you can get something out of him in the in two or three inning spurts if you need it. I'm so torn on that. And and it's so like if I especially first round, if I have to
1: use Dobnick or Bailey, I'm sort of just like, okay, I guess that's, I do. That's a good point too. Uh, but I'm just so yeah. – but anyway, I thought it was hilarious. Three innings of just greatness from Bailey, and then I was like, okay, I'm really tired now. <laughs> Football.
2: Uh, you So you were at the game last night, and mm-hmm. you were observing things late in that game. There was that play where Tiger's hitter hits a ball down the third baseline. It pops off the bag, and Josh Donaldson makes a ridiculously athletic, barehanded grab – Fires the ball over to first base, not in time. If Man, if, if it would have been in time, it would have been one of the great defensive plays we've ever seen. Um, but you were sort of looking at his body language and texting back and forth. What are your thoughts on – do you have a conspiracy theory here? No, or no, 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 no. no. I are asked, you off this take?
1: No, I'm not off the take. I, I asked Baldelli Postgame. I said – because – so from afar, he makes that play. Well, he didn't get the out, but he makes the play. Yeah and he ran a long ways and it lo- and i was thought to myself that's not great for that calf and he sort of you could see sort of pulled up a little bit like nothing where he where he um grabbed his knees and like got down and looked like he was hurt but he looked just a little bit weird and, and then i looked up in the press box and saw on tv it looked like he had put his jersey in his mouth and sort of clenched it like that didn't feel great um So I was like, okay, that's a little bit odd. But you know what? It's one play. He is not exactly a young guy. And so I'm like, okay, there might be something here, but there might be nothing. Here's where I got legitimately concerned, and here's where I think he might not play tonight at least. Uh, He came up in the bottom of the ninth and grounded into, I think it was a 6-4-3 double play. Yeah. And I watched him. He didn't run. He basically sort of skipped down the line. He hopped and was out by a ton, and he's not the type of guy, I don't think, in that predicament, who's going to not
2: try. Kind of. Okay, here's my take on that real quick. I think he's, if you've watched him since he came back from the calf injury, he hasn't been going full sprint really at all around the bases, right. and I'm fine with that. But
1: And I agree with you completely. It was how he ran that concerned me. Like, he didn't run like you would run. He sort of ran like I'm compensating. So, so. He grounds out, and then in the the top of the 10th, he goes out and plays third. So I'm like, well, that's good. And then in the bottom of the 10th, and this is up for a judgment call, um, he made the last out, obviously, with a double play of the ninth. So he was going to run and be at second base to start the bottom of the 10th. And Jake Cave ran for him. Now, post game, I asked Baldelli, I said, is Josh fine? And Baldelli basically admitted that they asked him that question. He said he is fine. He told us he's fine. And ultimately... And this does make sense. Cave is just faster. So put it all together. Put together the twins' history of not exactly telling the truth on guys who are nicked up. And I think, at the very least, I think you're not going to see tonight. You're not going to see my guess. Cruz again, which worries me a little bit here because uh, he was off Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And it's either a knee or hamstring. Cruz has been, Cruz told the ESPN uh, Sunday night crew it, it's a hamstring. The twins are saying knee. Uh, Polanco has an ankle that Baldelli basically admitted post game has been bothering him for quite some time. And it sounds like it's not really good. And, and Polanco's pain threshold is high. So I don't know when Polanco, before the playoffs start, is going to play again. And I really believe that they're probably going to try and rest Josh too. Because if nothing else, it's probably it, if, if you have a question there. It's probably the smart move.
2: Yeah. Well, they're, I think they're probably torn now because they're scoreboard watching a little bit. Yes. They'd, they'd probably like to avoid the... And I don't think they're sweating the Yankees, but I think they would like to avoid playing on the road if possible, in part because you just don't like traveling and stuff. Like If, mm-hmm. if you're winning at home, it's just more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you're, you're trying to put yourself in position to maybe win the division or at least stay ahead of the Yankees for that four seed, but also regardless of who or where you play, making sure, most importantly, that guys feel good, that they're healthy, that you're not running a guy out there and risking injury. So I'm kind of with you in that, well, I don't know, maybe you disagree with this, but I think you should err on the side of get guys healthy first. If there's if a guy's at 75%, get him to 90% by next Tuesday first, and then worry about catching the White Sox second. If you can do both, great. I don't want to rest guys for the sake of resting them. I want them to play because I
1: do think that – Winning the division and avoiding the Yankees is the prudent move. That being said, if guys are legitimately hurt or banged up, I'm not going to play them now. Despite myself, and then they come in on uh, Monday or Tuesday and have a problem. So football. I got one more for you guys. I have one too.
2: Afterwards, I have like four more. So let's keep going. We have to write that down. I got at
1: least one more. Okay, we're good. Okay, here's mine. He might be completely off his rocker. And, and he is certainly as, as anti-twins as far as his approach to life as one can probably get. But Donaldson, okay? I want to talk about not his approach at the plate, but the field. And what a joy this guy. And, and I hope for uh, the 2021 season he can stay healthy. What a joy he is to watch, much like Buxton, in the field as a baseball fan. Yeah, he's a pro. Um, he is a pro's pro. He makes plays... you have to see Jake Cave play center or Miguel Sano play third to appreciate Buxton and J.D., because what they bring, you realize, oh, my God, that really simple play that that guy made or his positioning being so damn good or his instincts, um, that's not necessarily the norm, right? But let me give you the play, and I believe it was Baldelli who uh, brought this up. Post game last night. Let me give you the Donaldson fielding play uh, or thought that he had in the field that might impress me as much as the great play that he almost made. The two, or I'm sorry, the six-two-five double play in last night's game. So the Twins are are up against it. Bailey is tuckered out. Um, Stashik comes in right and. At some point in time, I think it was when Baldelli went to get Bailey. They all start to talk about one out, bases loaded, what are we going to do here, what's the approach? And what Rocco brought up was Donaldson said, be aware if it's an infield ground ball of going home and then to me.
2: Oh, so he learned from the disaster between Luis Ariz and Jorge Polanco from two weeks ago, where they should have had a triple play and said, "Guys, let's not no right." That. But but yes, but I mean, at least that's he's thinking.
1: But but at least he's thinking out there. Yeah. At least he's he is a pro's pro. Like he is, he brings things. And you're right; that play was a disaster, and worse, it was embarrassing.
2: Right? I'm glad that he said that. I'm not trying to minimize it. Like uh, that's a, it's great leadership to say, "Hey, situational baseball here." Let's make sure we're thinking. But ahead it's also on this. not. A,
1: but it's all. But but a, but a six two five is also not a top of mind thing that a lot of people would think about.
2: The six two should be. Oh the, yeah, the two five part the two, five,
1: is, right. is the part right. that six six two like three maybe, but six two five. The five part is the is the outlier of the play, but it's stuff like that. That I love. Yes. Because it's stuff like that that a lot of guys would, in their wildest dreams, during a uh, meeting at the mound, never mention.
4: Football. All right, I have some half-baked reckless speculation for you here. Reckless speculation. So if Jorge Polanco truly is, like, really banged up, and if Ari Adrianza, who took another ball off his toe, I believe, yesterday, and just, like, also seemed to get banged up. I know where this is going. Do you made, think, yes, the twins should call up Royce Lewis? Yes. They can't. Why can't they? Uh,
1: they, they set their, I believe it's the 40-man playoff squad yesterday. Uh, he is not on that. He, he is not on that squad. Who, who
2: was order. that? Was Kirloff on
1: it? Uh yes. Kirloff's on it. Larnick is not on it. Royce okay. Lewis is not. So Kirilov... I, I love the speculation, though. Duh. Bravo. Is, is there
2: any downside to calling up Kirilov as just a bench? I feel like they should have had him up maybe for a couple nope. weeks just to see.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, if there is, someone would have to explain it to me. Yeah.
2: I mean, it would be fun. I love the speculation there. No, it's... A, yeah, bravo for the reckless speculation. For yeah. All right. Actually, uh, real quick, real quick point, just back to the Buxton discussion, because I looked this up, and then I got another thing for you guys. We'll keep going around here. So, just to illustrate... How under the radar great Byron Buxton is. Because a lot of the things he does just don't show up as like an RBI or a run. Like he'll take away a run because he prevented a double and you'll never even think about it. It's not like the bases were loaded and he took away a double. Sometimes it's just he took away a leadoff double mm-hmm. and that guy would have scored in any other inning with any other center fielder. So Mike Trout is a Hall of Famer. He is our generation's Mickey Mantle. He's amazing. Mike Trout's lost a step in center field, and if you go by Fangraph's defensive run saved, there's like 140 qualified outfielders this season who've been out there for at least 100 innings. And Mike Trout's actually last in defensive run saved this year. So, wow. he, so he's probably going to move to a corner at some point. He's getting to that age That's where really like probably going to move to a corner. Um, so Mike Trout is a minus nine defensive run saved. Byron Buxton is the second best only because he's missed like two weeks. Otherwise, he'd be best in, the, in baseball. Byron Buxton is a plus 10, all right? So I know this is not, like, the best example that I'm going to drop for you guys, but just to, like, bring it to a baseball, back of the baseball card, Mike Trout has 43 RBIs. Byron Buxton has 25 RBIs. And, like, up until we had this type of information, a defensive run, save plus minus, you'd say, well, Mike Trout's just, like, clearly the superior offensive player, which he is, and uh, yeah, they're both, like, pretty good in center field. But maybe Buxton's a little bit better, but, like, I mean, Mike Trout. 43 RBIs, Buxton, 25. Well, what if we, and I, I, yeah, this is not like, this is not a scientific exercise, so I wouldn't recommend doing this at home. But Mike Trout, 43 RBIs, but a minus 9 defensive run saved in center field. So let's knock 9 off that total to get him to 34. Byron Buxton, 25 RBIs, but a plus 10 in center field defensive run saved. Let's add 10 to that total. Byron Buxton, 35. Mike Trout, 34. And so, again, that's not like how you would do it in a major league baseball front office, but I think it's a good illustration of there's more to the game than just like RBI totals and sort of eye test in center field, that there are things you can measure and quantify, and Byron Buxton is elite in some of those areas. Absolutely, yeah.
1: So. He, he is, if if Bu- if Buxton can play 100 and, take your pick, 50 games in 2021, okay, and he can play a semblance of like he did Last night, which is really damn good, but certainly not, oh, my God, I can't believe it. He is an MVP candidate, and there's no question about it. Easily.
2: Football. What's the playoff rotation right now? Not what you guys think it is, but how, how is it setting up? Maeda, and then we're going to find out
1: whoever starts on Friday against the Reds, and then who starts on Saturday, and then... So my, my guess is what they're going to do is... Maeda goes tonight, so he'll go in game one, which I believe is next Tuesday. Correct? Um, my guess is that the second starter will be, yeah, it's probably Barrios. Yeah, I I'm torn there, but that would make sense. And then Pineda, and then I bet you, do you think they'd pitch Rich Hill on Sunday then, or go like bullpen
2: game, or do something else? I think Sunday sort of blow that off. I think Sunday's either a bullpen game, or they just go back to they probably just go back to Homer Bailey on Sunday. So that they can keep everybody yeah. fresh. Yeah, I don't think you want to so, run Rich Hill out there on Sunday because then he probably can't pitch in the series so, unless you want to bring him back on short rest.
1: So, can Rich Hill, so what can Rich Hill, if he doesn't start, what can he realistically be expected to do and be successful, do you think?
3: I
2: don't expect a lot if he's not starting. I don't know how much he can help you in a three game series in which he's not starting. I think his value is, and maybe this is why you would start him on Sunday. Maybe you'd start him on Sunday and you leave him off your your first round roster or something. I don't know. But I think once you get into, if you can get past the first round and you get into a five game series in five days, I think he's a huge valuable piece as like a number four starter. You know, think about what he's given you, especially in his last couple starts and his ERA is like 3.2. What he's given you and all the experience he has and his overall performance the last five or six years, also in the National League, compared to most teams, including the Yankees, number four starters. It's a huge advantage, so. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how much he's going to help you in a three-game series because I don't know if I trust him. He's forty, man. Like I don't know if I trust him. Hey, it's the fifth inning, Rich. Yeah, can you warm him up? Yeah. get it
1: going, buddy. Well, you could get you could get him up at like if it's a seven o'clock start, get him up at noon, know, eleven a.m. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: hey, Rich, get up and start throwing, <laughs> yeah. huh?
4: He's still in his robe. Is smoking
2: a heater? Yeah. Football. Or yeah. well, if he's you, boxer you? boxer shorts yeah. and no <laughs> shirt
1: in the bullpen.
2: Re wheeling it. Uh, Unbelievable. Uh, Joe, what else you got? I got a couple more things here. <laughs> go ahead. All right. The light bulb is flickering. It's not on, but it's flickering for Mitch Garver. And if, if the light bulb is about to go on for Mitch Garver, who hit just a beautiful home run off the facing of the third deck last night, if the light bulb starts to go on for him, it's a game changer in that. I, but also, like if it doesn't go on, I wouldn't feel too terrible about Ryan Jeffers just playing games in the playoffs. But Mitch Garver was legitimately one of the best hitting catchers in all of baseball last year. And so, like, if he's just going to join the party now in time for the playoffs, then...
1: Who's the better... Who, be who gets the nod defensively? Because that's a very underrated, important discussion. Because I want my guy that that tricks umpires the best. Because yeah. they get tricked so much. Jeffers is really good. They're both good, good at
2: it. I think they're both good But at is
1: Garver it. slightly better, do we think? Because that, that's an important part of the equation to me.
2: I don't know, and I haven't dug enough to know the difference between the two. And I also think it's probably still too small of a sample for Ryan Jeffers because he's only been here for like three weeks. Yeah. But they both, just eye test alone, they both seem to have a pretty good command behind the plate. And I'm like, most rookie catchers come in and pitchers don't like working with them and they're just kind of deer in the headlights and they don't take charge of things. And Ryan Jeffers seems like he does those things. So I don't know, but it's hard because like there's no clubhouse access. It's like you can't go and like, talk to a catcher or a pitcher about it for 30 minutes. It's hard to know like what everyone thinks of Ryan Jeffers in in this current environment.
1: That brings up a fantastic point about the Twins and baseball as a whole in 2020, Phil. We know almost nothing about this team. Like, I can't tell you how Donaldson has fit in. I can't tell you, and and yes, our, our access previously has been sort of brief, right? Like we go in clubhouses post-game and guys aren't all there. And then uh, pre-game, but I mean, you get a feel. Like Cruz, last year, Cruz's presence in that clubhouse in the limited time that we got in there was just blatantly obvious. Like it hits you smack dab in the middle of the forehead. And you said, oh my God, this is really effective. I can't tell you how little I can tell you about this Mm -hmm. Twins team. I, yeah. I don't know who rubs people the wrong way. I don't know who guys absolutely love. I'm
2: going to guess that because Josh Donaldson bought all those expensive robes for his teammates, I'm going to guess that he's probably a good team builder. Like Stuff like that. I think like he's got a good clue of it, yeah. That's a thoughtful thing to bring the guys together, to put some fun into the, into the dugout, into the clubhouse, going into the playoffs. Like That's a guy that is thinking about team chemistry, and, then and Cru- I think that's cool. And
1: then Cruz goes and says, in game. The robes come in in game. (laughs)
2: And that's like, I know that we're kind of joking around about it and like, yeah, it's like the Ric Flair walk and stuff, but like those are sort of the little things. When you think about teams that win the World Series, like obviously just having David Ortiz in your lineup is the most important thing, but it's that little extra layer of chemistry and cohesion and guys just like love picking each other up if a guy makes a mistake and I think, I don't know if that accounts for 2% of it or if it accounts for 10% of it, but it accounts for more than 0% of it.
1: And, and I, I think it's extremely important this year based on this, the bubble. Like, the bubble's going to be trying, and yes, it's brief. It's a month. But in essence, I think it's going to suck. And so I, I think the more that you can have your veteran guys try and ease guys. Like, here, here's one. I can never tell with Kepler previously, and this is a guess again, but with Kepler previously, he's always seemed sort of arrogant and cocky, but he's also understated, and so I could never tell what his deal was. Right, it's kind of a weird guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, right. But here's but here's my feeling on him after this year and the sixty games, and sort of how he is produced and, and or often, disappointingly, until of late, not pr- produced. I think he's a sensitive guy. Like I think he, I think he comes off as arrogant a little bit and detached because he's sensitive and I don't think he really wants to talk much and but I don't think I don't think there's a different switch to him behind the scenes where he becomes completely brash with his teammates I think he's just sort of a sensitive guy and I think that this year my sense is it's been tough for him like it's he's been away probably from his family a lot it's just weird his life has changed and I think that there's guys who thrive off that and they're absolutely fine and then there's guys or people who don't, and Donaldson and Cruz and the robes, I think help a guy like Kepler relax and total gas. But like last night, see Declan, see what you're missing. Yeah, I. Last night it seemed agree, like he was but... having fun. Max Kepler has not looked like a guy either in person, being at games or watching games on TV this year, who's looked like he's
2: had any fun until of late. They should give it should be a robe and a cigar. And some some flip-flops. There's got to be a cigar
4: involved, right? Just kick back at the end. The
2: last two things sound
1: great to me. I'm with Declan here on robes, but if you get me one of those robes, I think my feeling about robes changes. Like, Don bought me a robe, but it's just a crappy sort of, I mean... I hope she's not going to hear this, but it's just sort of a pedestrian, boring robe. But I think if you got me a lush robe to put on my body,
2: there are certain certain things—certain things—that you just need to pay a little extra money for in life. Yeah, toilet paper and robes are definitely in that category. All right. Yeah. One more thing for you guys here. Football. (laughs) One more thing before we get to write that down: predictions and a brutal accountability session. All right. I just. I, I guarantee after I say this, he's going to hit two home runs tonight because that's how he rolls. But remember when you and I were just getting pummeled for our Miguel Sano takes like three weeks ago? Of course. And I, yeah. and I said like, he's he's just kind of, a, he's like, he's a really good power hitter. He's just kind of replaceable. Like you can just, you can find really good power hitters who strike out all the time. Three weeks ago. What are you talking about? Three months ago. Yes, I do. He's leading the league in strikeouts, 84 strikeouts in 49 games. He's batting 212 with a 287 on base percentage. Mm-hmm. He's still slugging over 500 but his slugging percentage is actually 100 points lower than Byron Buxton's so like he's he's Byron Buxton he's diet Byron Buxton basically without the speed without the defense and he fell on his ass last night trying to Wait oh, did you say he's he's
1: diet Buxton? Is anything. Well, about- <laughs> his
2: numbers are diet Buxton, but he, <laughs> okay. but he looks like he ate Byron Buxton. <laughs> and again, like he's probably going to hit a big home run against the Yankees in the playoffs, and that's why he's on the team. Mm-hmm. But I just want to point out, like this dude could not be more Jekyll and Hyde, where he'll be yes. white hot and the best hitter in baseball for five games, and then he'll strike out every at bat for the next two weeks, and we're kind of, and then he'll hit like a couple random home runs within that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we're looking at. He also has 25 RBIs, 13 home runs in those. Forty nine games, so he would be over the course of a full season on pace for seventy five RBIs, because he doesn't drive in runs when he doesn't hit home runs, because he can't make contact. It's not that nothing. He's he's worth having on the team. But- Football. Okay. Do
1: you know? Do you know what, what that just guaranteed for the uh, game? Tonight He hits, four, hits two to three home runs. 100%. And guess what's going to happen? Twitter <laughs> is going to light up with, hey, Mackie, did you like that home run by Sano tonight? Yeah, was, I think was, and then you're going to get the career slugging percentage. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you this is scripted.
2: I think it was Nick Nelson from Twins Daily that retweeted one of my negative Sano tweets during the middle of his hottest stretch of his career and said, like... This belongs in the Bad Take Hall of Fame. Well, you know what? I've already had my gold jacket for that Hall of Fame for about eight years. It's not a jacket now. It's a
1: robe. <laughs> it's a robe. It's been turned into a robe. <laughs> That's exactly right. Hey, hey, Sano hit a foul ball onto oh the God. Budweiser.
4: TC Bear got it.
1: Yeah, I know. But, I mean, did you see where that ball went? That, yeah. was a
4: bomb. that was a bomb. That was a dude.
2: bomb.
1: That is a man who has a career in a traveling softball show someday.
2: <laughs> All right, got to get to write that down. Write this down. Just a, quick, a quick heads up. We are feeling very generous On Mackey and Judd and on Purple Daily this week, we are giving away a Corona hard seltzer ultimate home tailgate party for free. Love it. Here's how you get it. We're going to give it away to one lucky person. A 65-inch TCL TV with a soundbar, $200 worth of Grunhofer's meats, $100 to MGM Wine and Spirits. You can enter in one of two ways. You can either download the Score North app. It's free in the Google and, and Apple stores. Register your name and email and enter through Listener Rewards or just go to scorenorth.com, click on Rewards. You'll see it. It's right there. And uh, you can register. It's free. We're feeling very generous thanks to TCL Grunhoffers and MGM Wine and Spirits uh, and also Corona Hard Seltzer.
5: Write this down. Most sports talking heads make predictions then hope you forget about
4: how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the Big Leagues, where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Write that down.
6: Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Then.
2: And welcome in to the most transparent segment in sports talk, <laughs> Write That Down Predictions and an accountability session. We are the only show in the country... That actually keeps track of our predictions, holds each other accountable with batting averages. Here's how it works. We also welcome in guest listener predictors every week. We're going to get to Ben and VikesFan1930 from Twitter. Going to join us. I like when people just go by their Twitter handles too. Yeah. It's kind of fun. I dig it. So uh, here's how Write That Down works. Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable in some way. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. And if you want to participate in this segment, you can just slide into my Twitter DMs at Phil Mackey, like Chris Collinsworth used to slide into the Sunday Night Football frame but isn't anymore this year because COVID. Just uh, hit me up on Twitter if you want to participate. And I, I do. I, I, sometimes it takes me a week or two to just, like, get back to people. So I apologize if I haven't gotten back to you. I will sometime uh, this week, and we'll get you scheduled in. But shall we
4: go through the accountability session? Write this down. Uh, I, don't really want to.
2: Declan, so you're okay more. with this this
1: yeah, week? Yeah. Well, Last
4: week you didn't like it? I didn't. Li- I won't like this week. I can tell you that much. Well, Judd shouldn't
2: like this week either.
4: Okay, thank God.
2: It wasn't a total train wreck, but Judd Zolgad said Philip Rivers will throw at least two interceptions in the game against the Vikings. I got one, right? He An early one, too. Yeah, he I know. Was I was thinking one. I was in good shape on that one. You said Dalvin Cook will rush for more than 100 yards in at least two of the first three games this season. That one was not close. Has he rushed for a hundred yards total?
1: I'd have to look. Probably around. I don't know if probably has. around it.
2: Declan's got it. He's
4: probably yeah. One hundred thirteen yards total. All right, nice job. And you said Rich
2: Hill will lead the Twins in wins in two thousand twenty. John, I should have said Kenta Maeda. I'm taking. There's a bunch of Twin season predictions that will come off the board next week because there's just like. There's a million that probably could already come off the board because right. a lot of, like, twins will break the home run record. I hear you. But Rich Hill's not – mathematically right. cannot catch the Dauber with six wins, by the way. Oh, it's the Dauber's not – Kenta has five? Yep. Kenta has oh, five. I thought Kenta
1: – okay. I the, think the Dauber. Rios might
4: have
5: five or
2: something. And All right. the Dauber has six. Fair enough. But you said Ron Gardenhire will manage – you said this a long time ago. You said Ron Whoa. Gardenhire will manage three seasons in Detroit. That, that was his contract. It was a three-year contract. Yeah. Three seasons in Detroit and then won't be brought back. Yes. And that right there, folks, if there's kids listening or watching at home right now, Judd Zolgad just taught you a master class in write that down phrasing right here. Phrasing. So he says, and won't be brought back. If you had said and will be fired, I've been wrong. This would not have been a point for you. I would have been wrong. You. But won't be brought back. It was a mutual decision. Ron Gardenhire decided just for health reasons, and so Judd gets the point there. Jonathan Harrison, our old producer and last year's batting average champion. Rough week for him. He said LeBron James will be the MVP in 2019-20. Giannis was the MVP. LeBron, in not happy about that, by the way. Using it as motivation to win another title yeah, very season. Jordan-like. And, uh, and he said the NFL season won't start until November. I missed this one last week. Yeah, they're off to the races. Okay. All right, let's get to Manny Hill here. A couple NBA predictions gone awry for Manny. He said Jarrett Culver will finish in the top three of the Rookie of the Year voting. Cool. He didn't even finish in like I don't think he was even on any of the ballot. <laughs> yeah. Robert Covington will be an All NBA Defensive Team guy in 2019-20. He was not on either of the first or second All Defensive Teams. What a Oof, uh, Rami, nothing off the board. Rough week for me as well here. I said Phillip Rivers will commit at least two turnovers against the Vikings. God, he had one in the bag in like the And we first were in quarter. such good shape. I, yeah, like how much of a bad beat is it when Phillip Rivers flings an interception like, you know, early, 13 minutes into the game yep. or whatever it was, and then you don't get another one. Yep. I said the Vikings will win on Sunday. <laughs> and I said the NFL will play the 2020 season behind closed doors. Well, there's not that many fans, but. There's enough. And some teams are, but not enough. Yeah. That brings us to the listeners here. And we're going to need help on one of these here in just a second. Uh, Eric R. said Rich Hill will lead the Twins in ERA and wins for the season. Wins is going to be a tough one. John W. said the Lynx will finish with the worst record this season. Well, they're in the semifinals of the playoffs right now. Uh, RJ said school will be canceled for the rest of last year and... This year's school year will not start on time. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure like most schools went back yes, in some form that's correct. on time, right? <laughs> okay. Kyle last week said Phillip Rivers will have at least 19 standard league fantasy points against the Vikings. He only had like 11. <laughs> but Kyle made up for it by saying, and I think this is a home run because it's a, it's a parlay and the Vikings were favored, I think, right? Or whatever. It's a parlay. I don't think they're favored.
4: But... but he said the Vikings will lose to the Colts and the Packers will win. Yeah, it's a parlay. Because it's two independent things that have to happen. So I, I would say it's a home run. I think it's a home run.
6: Yes! It's,
1: it's, just, a it's two
4: very 50-50 outcomes. Yeah.
1: Packers played the uh, Lions? At they home. played the Lions. The Vikings stink and played the Colts?
2: It's up It's it's up for discussion. If
1: here. it if it's a home run... Um, or is it a triple? J.K. tipped it over Off the fence. The I'm yeah. okay with
2: this being a triple.
1: I, I think it's a triple. Okay. Like if the Packers had played a formidable opponent... Then I might say, yeah, that's a. But this was not exactly a difficult prediction.
2: Okay, okay, I'm actually okay with that. All right, I think it, sorry, it's good I mean, to discuss. Sorry, things. sorry, Kyle. <laughs> And then I need help on this one. Who won the coin toss? The Vikings got the kick, oh, the opening I, kick. Colts won, right? Did the, the I, Colts win the coin toss? I, I don't know. And then know. they deferred to the second it's half? It's on the, uh, if you I got two I couldn't find se-
1: it. I went to four game logs and couldn't find it. It should be in the game book. Hold on a second here. If you got two seconds, I can go to the game book right now Why, why and do, check why do it. I do
4: Vikings-Colts pro football reference? The first game that comes up is 1969 Baltimore Colts. Why can't I just get the 2021? The, the they played them in the Super Bowl, didn't they? <laughs> So mm-hmm. the Vikings' first Super Bowl?
1: No, nope. Kansas City. Kansas City.
2: 1970.
1: Yeah. Um, let me see here. I've got the NFL game site called up. This is Let's very important. The Vikings... This is very important. Viking Game book. Here we are. Game book. I want to say the Colts won the, and deferred like everyone does now, unlike my childhood when you never deferred. Um, but, it's but, amazing how
2: hard it is to find this. I Googled like
1: six Indy, different phrases. Indy
2: won the toss oh. and elects to defer. Okay. Rough. <sighs> Sorry, Kyle. All right. So... Kyle, that was a rough one. So ignore what you see on the screen here when we get there. But uh, Declan Goff, (laughs) Justin Jefferson will catch his first NFL touchdown on Sunday against the Colts. The Vikings will bounce back for a win, and Phillip Rivers will be sacked at least three times. And Judd will inevitably rip the Twins for letting Maeda go into the ninth inning with a career high in pitch count. I think we're past that point. I mean, unless
4: you guys want to debate this. Well, it it was already off the board, I thought. And you took it off as a hit, and we were going to bring it back. If it came true. I thought yeah. I thought initially I mean, that was the case. Yeah. Now, I, I, I'm not saying...
2: I took it off the, like the, like the week that this happened. Okay. And then you were like, no, let's leave it on because you might rip him still. I mean... Okay. Got got you. Are you no, going to no, rip... No, 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 no,
4: no. I, I'm just saying I didn't want to get 0 for 2. I didn't want to lose it twice on my batting average. But if I only lost it once... and You've I'm only lost
2: like, it once. Okay, cool.
4: That's all I care about.
2: So,
1: yeah. no, I'm not going to rip him. Okay. Okay.
2: Cool. <laughs> Sorry. We'll trust Judd at his word. All right. So, uh, the, uh, the listeners have a slightly different... Uh, average here but Judd Zolgad 437 with three home runs on the season Rami Makloff 396 with a home run Declan down to 370 with a home run I'm down to 320 with two home runs listeners are actually batting 243 with one home run John Harrison 200 with two home runs and Manny Hill 154 write this down write it down you like writing things down with one home run Vikes fan 1930 on Twitter are you there yes I am Welcome to Write That Down. And then, Ben, can you hear us? I can hear you. Awesome. All right, we got our two guest listener predictors. We're going to go around the room three times. We'll start with vikesfan nineteen thirty. We'll go to Ben, Judd, Declan, and back to me, Phil. Uh, Vikes fan, are you what's your strategy today? I mean,
4: well, th- oh, that's right. This I, is a home, home run, run edition. I, I told them, right. bring the swings. I'm sorry, i told them, bring the swings. This is a forced
1: your home run edition. Is to swing from your heels, Miguel Sano. Go ahead. So, so
2: uh, You can either hit bombs to the upper deck or you can hit them Joe Maurer 2009 style, but you must swing for the fences. With the stick. Forced home run addiction uh, addiction. Addition.
3: Write this down.
1: I'll uh, Write that down.
2: <laughs> so says you. Uh, Vikes fan, swing away.
3: So I, after Declan gave me the clue, I went to my fantasy football group and did a poll for some home run addition. So the first two are from the group as the most popular because I wanted to go as a little daddy in here. So if it's wrong, it's not my fault. It's the group's <laughs> fault. I like it. Um, so the first prediction from the group is a Super Bowl prediction that the Arizona Cardinals will beat the Baltimore Ravens 38 to 35 on a last second field goal. Wow.
2: I love it. That's awfully specific. Did you get all that, Dex? Yeah. Awesome swing. That's awfully specific. Way to go. Write (laughs)
6: this down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. All
2: right, Ben, are you ready for this?
5: I'm ready.
6: Swing
2: away, Ben.
5: All right, I'm not going to go for as big of a home run as Vikes fan just did there. I'm just (laughs) going to clear the fence. Good for you. Uh... Even with all of his speed, uh, Byron Buxton has not hit a triple yet this year. Wow! So write this down: Byron Buxton will hit his first triple of 2020 at Petco Park.
2: Ah, that's a great ballpark for triples. Yeah. Byron Buxton's going to be legendary inside that ballpark, tracking down doubles and triples. That's a big—that's
1: a big old pitcher's park right there.
3: Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down,
2: Judd?
1: All right, forced home run swing. I also have a Byron Buxton prediction, but I am going for the monster shot here. I'm going on to uh, Waveland or Sheffield. Take your pick. Byron Buxton will be named MVP of the World Series.
2: Whoa, okay, <laughs> I feel like you have a World Series MVP prediction on the board here. I,
1: I had a, I had one on the first home run. A couple of years ago, on Xavier Rhodes being named MVP huh. of the Super Bowl.
2: You've got Max Kepler as the MVP of the 2020 World Series.
1: Uh, now I got Byron Buxton.
2: little hedge. You've got. Now I got
1: Byron Buxton, man. I'm going for home runs here.
2: Yep, and now you got Buxton. So, well.
1: And it's not going to be Kepler. I've decided that that was probably an ill informed pick. So wait, now is, that is that a Parlay? Is
2: that a Parlay? And it's not going to be Kepler?
1: No, no. I'm just okay. saying I don't think it's going to be Kepler now. Oh, wow. Write it down. You like writing? Things I didn't down. say write that write down. Write this down. If I had said
4: write that down, it's not going to be Kepler. Then I forced my own hand. All right, Dex, you're up. All right, the Twins will win the division, wow. and they will not lose a game in the wild card round. So a parlay. Wow. So they will win the okay. division. Yes. And they will not lose a game in the wild card round. Dude, I, I'm gonna have to change one of my predictions That's now. That's Nice.
2: What? No, mine was like not even mine was partially that. Okay. And so
3: write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down?
2: All right. My prediction was that the Twins would sweep the wild card round, which is that's it's, it's two games. That's like a Byron Buxton like ball stuck on the fence inside the park home run. Yeah. So I'll say the Twins will sweep the wild card round and both starting pitchers in the series will go at least 6 innings and allow two earned runs or fewer. All right? Okay. So they're going to get great pitching performances by whoever starts Mida, and then whoever starts game two. Good phrasing. Write it
3: down. You like writing things down. Write this down.
2: Watch them use like Matt Whistler as an opener and then oh. Rio shoves for eight and I don't get credit. <laughs> All right. Back to Vikes fan 1930.
3: So the second prediction from the group, because I am in Virginia and of course they have to do with the obligatory NFC East prediction. <laughs> so I do apologize. <laughs> the Washington football team will win the division at 7-9, and nine, and a little bit of a parlay here, that Philadelphia will help them win directly or indirectly with certain playoff scenarios to knock Dallas out of playoff contention.
2: Okay, we so explain that part of it, because we need to quantify this.
3: Yeah. So... It'll, it'll like you know how like week sixteen if team A beats team B then T, then kinda team C gets in, kinda sort of. I was trying to make it kinda bold because they just said Washington football team at seven and nine will win the division. So I can just stick with that if that, that's already that, home run enough. That's a home run enough.
2: Let's do that. Okay. okay. Let's do that and then we'll we'll make note of the other thing you said just for fun. So okay. They'll win at seven yeah.
4: and at seven and seven
2: nine. Seven and nine will win the yeah. division. Okay. Is what the prediction okay. is. Mm-hmm. I like it. Okay.
5: Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Back to Ben. All right. The American League Central Division started in 1994. So write this down. For the first time ever, the American League Championship Series will feature a matchup between two Central Division teams. Ooh,
2: that's that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, I like a it. lot of East love in the ALCS. A little West
5: love, but. Mm-hmm.
2: I like it. Yeah, usually it's like one team in the Central is kind of like the torch carrier. and it's, it's- Not this year. Yep.
5: Write that down. I don't have
2: a pencil. Well, remember that. Then. All right, Judd.
1: All right, my next one. Kenta Maeda will no-hit an opponent through seven innings of oh, a wow. postseason game and then be lifted. Kenta Maeda will no hit an opponent through seven innings. Okay,
2: yep. And then be lifted w- when like of a postseason the game, game. and then be lifted. And
1: then he he will get seven innings pitched. It will be IP seven, and then his day will be done. And the most important thing I said here is postseason game because technically, if I said a playoff game, that could you could argue that I eliminated the World Series, which I don't want to do. Postseason covers everything.
2: So, um, just for clarification, if he no hits someone through seven, and then and then someone gets a hit in the eighth, and he finishes the entire game, this does not that this does, does not, not count. count. No, no, this is okay. a home
1: run swing.
2: So you're you're including like Rocco Baldelli's decision to pull a guy this, out of the game. Yes, this ball is okay.
1: sailing over the light towers right now. Okay.
2: I love
4: this. This is great. Write
2: that down. That's a spirit of the
4: pen. Alright, Declan Goff. Well, I'll have to amend mine a little bit, but I'm gonna wait for my third prediction because I had pretty much almost the same thing for Kent Maeda, but I'll, I'll go with this one for right now. The Vikings will find a way to trade Kirk Cousins this off season. Wow.
6: Yes. They will find Ooh. a way to Ooh. trade Kirkers Here this
4: off season. Who is
1: the executive who gets fired immediately <laughs> upon completing said trade?
2: <laughs> oh, I love this segment. Oh. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. All right, write this down. (laughs) A home run prediction within home run write that down predictions. Josh Donaldson, the bringer of rain, will bring rain in his first postseason plate appearance. Josh Donaldson will hit a home run in his first postseason plate appearance. Write it down, baby. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Book it. All right, Vikes fan, 1930, your last swing.
3: So Declan just took my last swing, so way to go, Dex. All right, buddy. Um, a boy. By the way, you can
2: you can make the same prediction. You just have to add something to it. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. I will say they will trade Kirk Cousins, and Rick will send at least five picks to draft Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields in next year's draft.
6: That is awesome. Right that I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Wow, Dad. sir. I like
4: it.
2: You like that? You like that?
4: Oh, man. That is, you.
2: wow. Vikes fan, 1930. Uh, take a bow. You get uh, as much time as you need to thank anyone in your life that got you to this point here.
3: <laughs> um, first off, I just thank my wife. And actually, I was just up in Minnesota, so a shout-out to my Brother Chad and his new wife Lexi. He was just married this past weekend. Um, So I'm actually going back to Minnesota for my other brother's wedding next weekend. So I'll be traveling to Twin Cities. Um, I just want to say thank you guys for letting me be on the show. I've been a loyal listener, and as Judd knows, I send him all the Zolgetting articles I can think of. So (laughs) I just thank you for the. I just thank you guys for the opportunity and uh, kind of the escape from reality that we're in right now. So. Um, so just, I guess keep going strong, and hopefully I'll be able to do this uh, again later on in the season or next season.
5: Absolutely awesome. Thank right, you.
2: That's Vikes fan 1930 And now, Ben, your final swing here.
5: All right. Uh, I'll go for a home run for today. Uh, the Twins will hit back-to-back Bombas tonight.
2: Okay. I like it. I like it. That's a good one. It's uh, it's not quite an upper deck level home run, but it's definitely it's definitely That's a, home a home run. run. Yep. And uh, and I like I like Ben's calculated approach to the segment. Ben, since you have this gigantic, massive platform right now, is there anyone in your life you would like to thank that got you to this point?
5: Yeah, I'd like to thank uh, thank my wife for being there for me and my twins' roller coaster of emotions. Uh, you know, she's been there for me after being swept by the Royals and then uh, even worse, the Tigers this season. And now she's working on me, trying to talk me through another possible playoff matchup with the Yankees. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> she's got a lot and, of work. <laughs> uh, like, thank you. Oh, she's got a lot of work. Yesterday she told me, uh, you say that they're going to win every year and then they play the Yankees and lose. So you should just accept it now.
2: Yep. <laughs> and Honestly, she's probably right. But you know what? Acceptance. Probably another, right. smart <laughs> year. Stage yeah. of baseball
1: grief. Acceptance. Smart, smart
2: woman. <laughs> All right, Ben. Nice work, man. Thanks for coming on. See you, Ben. Thank you. All right, that's uh, that's Ben and Vikes fan. Write it Verse down. 30. You like writing things down. All right, Judd.
1: All right, I'm going to keep my last one simple, but I think it's effective. The Vikings will win two
2: games all season. Oh,
4: well, I almost had that exact one.
2: The Vikings uh, no, will. I, no, Declan, you're thinking uh, you're 14 and two. Prediction yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know that. Yeah, I know is that, that yep. what it was? Yep. The yes, Vikings sports prediction dislike. The either.
4: Vikings will go
1: two and 14, and I'll just keep it at that because that's by itself. Wee-
2: a home run. Amazing. Uh, and also amazing that one in fifteen uh, does not get the point there, but still, I mean
4: you're in the
3: Write it down. You like writing things down.
2: Uh,
4: all right. Declan. All right. Byron Buxton will hit a leadoff home run in a postseason game. So he'll that lead off and then he'll hit a home run. It's kind, of a a kind of a parlay. Kind of a parlay. Yeah. I
2: like it. All right, and final prediction here before we wrap with Roycey. Write this down. Write this down. The Vikings will draft a quarterback in the two thousand twenty one draft. And it will be tanner morgan oh wow the vikings will draft tanner morgan in the 2021 nfl draft staying home rowing the boat rowing the boat all the way across campus downtown minneapolis to u.s bank Stadium, and they'll
1: they'll make a trade to get a second first round pick and take uh, rashad bateman
2: oh my god oh my god could you imagine how much fun would that want to add to that how much would you have to trade so you could probably get Tanner Morgan without trading like you'd have to you'd, you'd have to keep whatever your first round pick is and just use that on Tanner Morgan. But then to get up into the top 10 to get Bateman, you'd probably have to give up like three additional yeah. fairly high picks. Would, I'm sure it'd
1: be way more than I would give up, but it. that would be one heck yeah. of a combination. Well, Or Bateman. you could
2: use the pick that you uh, acquired I'm a in the Adam Thielen trade. Bateman's that you're great. Pull in a
1: couple weeks. <laughs> Bateman's. Oh, God, there's so many possible there's. So many potential trades that th- this team could make as the deadline approaches. Which, by-, by the way, Election Day.
2: That's the trade deadline? That's the trade deadline, oh, November God. 3rd. That's going to be fun. So on the same day that we uh, either elect a new president or keep the current president, Adam Thielen will be playing for the Las Vegas Raiders and John Rudin. Something like That's that. Wow. You know
1: what? Anything's impossible. That, my that, my that my good man, darn near binding in itself. Ooh. Write this down. What if you predicted that? That would have been a hell of a home run prediction
2: I, that we should make some trade deadline predictions here in the next six weeks or so. And cheap plug purple daily. We appreciate everyone helping us to, uh, to get up over 9,500 subscribers on youtube.com slash purple daily podcast. And you can also listen on Apple, Spotify and score north.com or every, or wherever you find your podcast, but purple daily daily deep dive discussions about the Minnesota Vikings. And on yesterday's episode, we brought our friend Eric eager in from pro football focus because he says the Vikings should trade for Jameis Winston. And that turned into like a 35 minute discussion about the state of the quarterback situation and what the Vikings should do. So go, go check that out when you guys get some time.
5: But our guys had put some, put a few good swings out there on them. You know, we hit a few homers to get things going, uh, but we had to really dig a little bit to get done what we needed to get done tonight. And, uh, our guys kept fighting and, and kept going, and you never know how those games are going to end, but we found a way to get it done. It was, it was a good, good night.
2: All right, Pat, uh, the first three innings of Homer Bailey, where does that rank among the great pitching performances you've seen in your life watching baseball?
6: Well, uh, he was better than I expected, I'll tell you that. I mean, he was, but then again, we have to remember the competition, but uh, he, was, he was okay. He's not going to get a start. But you can probably put him in the bullpen, right, for the uh, for the postseason. If you it's, if you
2: had to pick good. Homer Bailey or Randy Dobnak as the last guy on your in your rotation or in your just in your bullpen, who do you pick?
6: I would I probably take Homer Bailey. I like Dobnick, but I don't think he you know he's not going to come in and strike anybody out. I'm not sure Homer is either, but he's got a better chance. I I, I just don't see Randy as being too valuable as a reliever to you.
2: No, I, I'm with you. I would actually... T- At this point, it might not be yeah, either yeah. way. I mean, unless you just wanted Randy Dobnak as a guy that, hey, uh, there's runners on first and second, and we just need a ground ball. So come on yeah, in here. Preferably playing up the middle.
6: Yeah, but, but if it just becomes those two, I mean, Homer Bailey's got better stuff. He doesn't, uh, you know, he's, we'll have to see now if he's able to pitch the next two months after he pitched three innings yesterday. Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, not exactly ever been known for his durability, but... Uh, he was better than I thought. They lucked that out. To me, the highlight of the game was Eddie Rosario getting a game tying base hit on a pitch that a cricket player couldn't have reached. That ball was a foot off the plate, at least, wasn't it? Didn't bother him a bit, Pat. It was in the other batter's box. Yeah, he slapped it in, and he looped it in the center. And uh, tied the game, and then uh, Kepler uh, out of his coma for 10 minutes. So we'll see if that lasts. You know what is disgusting, though? Sano again. What the hell happened? He has every breaking ball that they throw, you know, below the waist, he's just pulling off it. Don't throw him a curveball because you might hang it, but a slider with a little velocity on it. It's unbelievable. He's as pathetic now as he was at his worst. What is he doing? What the? Yep. Why can't fire this bitch hitting coach? He's got to be. Nobody can talk to this moron. Stay on the ball and hit the leaping thing to right center field, you stupid idiot. It is. It's unbelievable.
2: It's so classic Sano. Whenever he goes through a hot streak and starts feeling good about himself for like five days or a week, he can't just, like, stay dialed in to whatever the habits are no. that he's built. It's got to be, now i got now I got to hit the ball farther, and i got to pull off pull even it. more, and i got to swing at everything. Yep. It's like he just gets – I don't know if he just gets squirrely or what the deal is, but it's been the same thing for six years.
6: Yeah, well, and he's back up to, you know, 50% strikeouts. I mean, this is – I don't care how many people are striking out how often. 50%! Yep. That's never been done in the history of baseball. He's taking so a shot. The name of the Rob Deer couldn't strike out fifty percent for God's sakes. What? It, it's just pathetic. And you know Garbers, if they Garber is going to sit there and wait for a fastball in the middle of the plate, if it kills him, they can throw him eighteen breaking balls in the middle of the plate and he won't swing at him. Uh, and then if he gets the two strikes, of course, then he misses it by seven and a half feet. He ran into a ball yesterday and hit a 300-foot, you know, a 500-foot home run. But beyond that, uh, they got they got some, un, I know everybody's striking out everywhere, but they got some ungodly, rotten at-bats taking place from some of these morons. It's unbelievable. If they're going to throw you a cookie-breaking ball in the middle of the plate, Mitch, Hit the bleeping thing. Don't sit there and wait for a fastball. Uh, But he's obviously turned into the guess hitter of all time.
1: Your thoughts on the robes. Do you like the robes, Pat?
6: I know you like the robes. I know Mackie likes the robes. I liked the robe when he first kind of broke it out. It was funny. But now I can see... It's going to become a gimmick. We're going to have to see the bleeping things the rest of the year. You know how I feel about cute, guys. I don't like
2: cute. What do you mean? It's, a, it's not cute.
6: cute. It's, it's, it's comfort.
2: It's luxury. Would you wear robe. a robe?
1: <laughs> I mean, it's a nice uh, robe. It's a luxury robe. I sort of like it's it. I, I'd like one.
6: Uh, only if I was at a Hugh Hefner backyard party would I wear a robe. Oh, that'd be cool, the oh, boy. Then, I, then I'd put a pipe in my hand and just sit there and be a lecture. It would be great. Nelson but, Cruz uh, seems yeah.
2: like he might have the connections to get you backstage at a Hugh Hefner party.
6: <laughs> yes, he does. What? Uh, what's the deal with him? Are we going to announce his retirement? Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. We, we don't play all weekend, and they say, "Well, we can play him Sunday because then he had we had Monday off, so the old Guardy we could give him an extra day deal." Yeah. And now he's still not in there. And now, yesterday, will not they? Am I wrong? Was Was Rocco more vague about him yesterday than he's been? Previously, that's, well, I think I the twins,
1: Pat, the, the twins have been saying knee, but when he was on on Sunday Night Baseball during the game, he said hamstring. So
6: yes, he did. So we don't even I, know I, what's I, really
1: wrong. I'm guessing I hamstring.
6: Would think that, I, I would think if the player says it's a hamstring, it's probably a yeah. hamstring. I tell you what, though, he's a hell of a guy, isn't he? I mean, he is a good, sharp guy, mm-hmm. and uh, he's. Uh, uh, thank God they got him on that team to. Uh, Uh, Although they did, uh, they did, they were congratulating him on Sunday night baseball for his work with Miguel Sano. About the time Miguel was going up and missing three pitches by fourteen feet, Uh, so that that didn't quite work out for him. I I think Nelson really wanted to say, "Don't blame me for this. Don't tell me. (laughs) Don't blame me that the moron won't listen to me." Yeah. Then take the ball to right field. There's base hits to be had in right field. Uh,
2: Pat, w- w- we woke up to uh, to two pieces of news. Number one, Gail Sayers passed away at 77. And uh, Joe Laurinaitis, Road Warrior Animal, who we, act- we had him on our show at Radio Rose Super Bowl three years ago, uh, passed terrible. away, too, at the age of 60.
6: That's terrible. He was down in Missouri. It must have been, like, Branson or something going, doing something down there, some resort down in Missouri. And uh, I don't think they've told us if he had a heart attack or what it was. Uh, my, uh, memory of Joe, i you know, that he's your generation wrestler. I'm kind of the old W, uh, you know, the Bird Ganya stuff, AWA. But, uh, I was in, uh, I was at the Gopher Ohio State game in, uh, 06, and Jim was a sophomore then, the, the great Wisetta linebacker who promised would never get a job in Minnesota again if he went to Ohio State. And, uh, and I think he called up the house to tell him that, as a matter of fact. And, uh, but Jim, of course, it, he, as a freshman, he played a lot. And then he played in the bowl game when the, the starting linebacker got hurt. And then as a sophomore, he was like the lead tackler. And, but I remember that they edged the Gophers 44 that day in Mesa's last year. And like, we had about a 6 a.m. flight on uh, Sunday morning back to, Colum- back from Columbus and I was walking down the corridor the, uh, to the gate with uh, Laronitis and his wife, Julie. I think they're divorced now, but uh, uh, Joe and his wife. And there was no what, – what struck me is, you know, if you're walking with the animal, any other place, it'd be, animal, how you doing? Ohio State, all the workers, Buckeye fans, and then other passengers, and it was all, we love your son. We love your son. Thank you for your son. It was, uh, it was. I mean, fifty times in uh, one hundred and fifty yards, I, I heard that. That's
2: amazing. Yeah, yeah I mean, because he, because he, I mean, he performed in packed arenas for twenty years of, of <laughs> yeah. you know people that would die to get a, for him to like drop sweat on them as he passes
6: by. Not at Ohio you know, State. Everybody, everybody talks about the SEC and everything, but uh, if you want to. You know, if you want to know where it's psychotic about college football, Columbus is as good as any place because uh, they are goofy there, that's for sure. And uh, uh, much better stadium than, uh, than the Michigans do. They, uh, they're they close to 100,000 there now, too. I don't know how many they're putting in there. But anyway, yeah, it's too bad. I mean, I you know, he was, a, he
0: was a
6: big, huge man, but he was a healthy guy. You know, he's a workout fanatic of all time. In fact, didn't he kind of do that? Wasn't he a trainer of of, of of athletes after he was done wrestling?
2: I believe so, I he, was. he was. Yep.
6: Yeah, I mean, he was a workout fanatic and stuff. So I'm 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 sad to see it. He seemed like a good guy. I talked to him about mostly about Jimmy, but probably three four different times, and uh, I found him to be a, a really good guy. And uh, and it's a sad deal. at 860 and Sayers, of course. I was trying to find the famous. Halloween game on on YouTube. There was a Halloween night game uh, back in the end. I think it was Monday Night Football, but it was back in the days of, you know, when it was a novelty, uh, you know, Monday Night Football. And I, I thought it was Halloween and the big moon up there, and he made some ungodly 70 or 80-yard run that uh, was talked about for years. I couldn't find that one. I did find a 99-yard run he made against, uh, he made against, uh, uh, Nebraska when he was a Kansas guy. They, they, and, uh, those, those feisty Nebraska defensive backs, uh, the, uh, white lads from, uh, somewhere out in, uh, you know, out in the sticks there, they were, they were getting left in his dust there for a while. When he, when he got around the corner, there wasn't much doubt. Was it for them? Yeah, yeah, he was, uh, you know, he got hurt, uh, uh, he was one of the all-time greats, but he also had a bad knee for for a lot of years that uh, made him even even worse. But he was a uh, he was Barry Sanders, a bigger version of Barry Sanders before Barry Sanders. He was he was fantastic.
3: Yeah. Hey Patrick,
1: when when did do you recall who was the first person that Sid threatened with? If you leave this town, <laughs> you'll never work in this town again.
6: Well, do you I, remember? I it was it had well. I mean I only was knew him from the mid sixties. I'm sure it was you can think, think how bad it, it was You think how bad it was in the fifties when, when the it when the nucleus of the team was Minnesota and South Dakota kids, you know, and it was until uh until we finally took started taking advantage of segregation in the South and getting some athletes in here. Uh you know, I mean the the the, the kid from Hopkins, who went to Wisconsin. Can you imagine what he was threatened with from Sydney? He never worked again, period. <laughs> no, he never even. They wouldn't even let him back in the state, whoever that might have been. Yeah, yeah I can imagine the phone calls he was making that. It is astounding that the Star Tribune let him get away with it. You know, because <laughs> he, I mean, there are, hell, uh, the kid from Apple Valley, Trevor Laws, was it, uh, the, the defensive lineman? Yeah. Kids from Apple Valley went to Notre Dame. Yeah, he told me, he said, yeah, he called up the house three, four times, said, I, you know, might as well never come back to the state. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we a, need, a we of need I, to start I, doing I, that. I mean, that. that's 15 years. That's,
0: you know, that's not
6: like 25, 30 years ago. That's maybe 15. Trevor Laws was probably 15 years ago did, at the most. Did he call Trey Jones? <laughs> I don't know. Good thing he's not a women's basketball fan or Paige Buchers would be getting daily phone calls. Yeah.
1: Oh, you see, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's it.
6: Stay in <laughs> Connecticut. Oh, Speaking of women's basketball, heartbreaking loss for our uh, lakes last night. Yeah, we buzzer took, beater we layup. Took, we took the uh, fighting storm to the... To the uh, at precipice and then they scored on all layup at the end. So
2: I feel like this is uh this is one of the, the, the better coaching jobs by Cheryl Reeve. All your stars are gone and uh it's very San Antonio yeah. Spurs like.
6: Yes. And uh, I gotta say this. The pandemic has done more for coverage of the lengths, at least in the star Tribune, of anything in history. We cover every game like it's a monumental event. And uh, you know, it used to be road games were pretty much ignored but now that we've discovered you get this you know you can get the zoom zoom yes when
3: you're,
6: when you're home uh, they're getting more coverage than they've ever gotten it's unbelievable yeah kent's
1: yeah. working hard there pat huh i That's said good. kent's working hard young boy yeah, but
6: i found out something the other day i happened to be in the office while one of the games was going on yeah kent kent comes in the office and uh, turns up the sound and then swears at the TV where the game's going on. So uh, that's uh, I, I gotta stay away from the I gotta stay away from there now. So watch a lot it's, of Sid. It's kind of it's kind of Paul Allen without the radio. You know, it's, it's not you yet. should plant a mic so
1: we can all hear it.
6: <laughs> oh, it'd be great. Except it's, uh, we'd have to get a little few bleeps out of there. You know, so <laughs> anyway,
5: all
2: right, Pat.
1: So, uh, we'll
6: ca- we'll yeah, catch up with hey, you on hey, Friday. Hey,
5: hey, hey
6: game to win last night when these idiots were out there screwing around. You know what? Uh, because it puts you within a half of the Whiteys and it keeps you a game and a half ahead of the Yankees. Yeah. And they're playing the game like, ah, what the hell? We don't have to play this
1: game. It's not, not going to change, gonna Pat.
6: We don't have to play Polanco. We don't have to At play. Polanco's Blanco, hurt, though. I mean, ro- post game,
1: Rocco said that. he's got a bad ankle and has had it for a while and has tried to play through it.
6: And Rocco why made it sound like it's not good. Yeah, and why is not rise practicing rundowns? We don't want you practicing rundowns, yeah, you moron. Yeah, this, is, this is this is where Pat
1: on, needs to join the I, Twins front office.
6: I've, I've used "moron" too often on this uh, segment today, but I just kind of have that. You
1: spelled thing. it out on Monday, I, on chain. That you spelled vibe, it.
6: That, I got that vibe going right
2: now. So. All right, <laughs> gents, we'll all right, see that. All right, that's the legendary. Enjoy Patrick your role, I see. And you can find him Put your on, robe on Pat. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on this show, and also Royce Unchained as its own podcast. So I don't like up. cute if it doesn't work.
1: I think the robes work.
2: I think the
4: robes work. But, but that's the point. I don't like robes, but I'm fine with them wearing them. I think it's cool.
1: I don't like something that's made up and not organic
2: and tries to be cute, to Patrick's point.
1: But in this case, it's organic. Yeah. Uh,
2: by the way, Kirk Cousins on... <laughs> I just saw this, dude. So Kirk Cousins was asked, because after the game, he said, I need to go look at the film. So he looked at it. So somebody asked him, now that you've looked at the film, what did you, you, you see? This is from Chad Graff at The Athletic. Quote, after watching the film, I don't really have a whole lot to add. <laughs> God, dude. <laughs> <I think> he's <laughs> the best. <laughs> don't have a whole lot to add there.
5: Hey, you held him at 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end.
4: Get more ways to save at the buy five or more save one dollar each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.